Welcome to CME on ReachMD. This episode is part of our Minute CE curriculum. Prior to beginning the activity, please be sure to review the faculty and commercial support disclosure statements, as well as the learning objectives. Hello, I'm Dr. Steve Dyleswag. I serve as the service line physician leader at Ashna Health for Hospital Medicine and a medical director for regional business development at Ashna and professor of medicine at the University of Queensland. Today, we'll be discussing uh, the unique situation related to a patient with atrial fibrillation and bleeding. So consider this patient that presents to your clinic. She's an 85-year-old lady. She's 70 kilograms. She has moderate renal impairment, and she's had a GI um, bleeding ulcer two years ago. I have her respective CHADS to VASC and has blood scores um, there for your review as well. GI bleeding is the most common outcome of concern from using the OX, oral anticoagulants. And here we note from the randomized controlled trials that when the NOX were compared with the vitamin K antagonist in patients with non-valvular atrial fibrillation, they are not associated with reduction in bleeding by and large. And when, we, in particular, when we look at the patients at high risk of GI bleeding, and you know who those patients are, They're, they tend to have five characteristics. Folks at least of the age of 75, maybe have has bloods at least three, um, CKD three to five. They're on co-medications like steroids or NSAIDs or antiplatelets. And lastly, might have a comorbid condition like a prior GI bleed or an ulcer. In those folks, the recommendation a few years back uh, from European Society of Cardiology was to consider uh, using vitamin K antagonist or another agent aside from the bigotran at the 150 milligram BID, doxaban 60, or rebaroxaban 20, recognizing what we see here um, from the RCTs. That was the RCTs. As time has gone on, we've had additional RWEs or real world evidence. Here's one to which I'm principal co-investigator of with Dr. Lip and others, and it was titled Aristophanes. Very large data set that comprised up to 56% of the U.S. population or 180 million lives. CMS, as well as four commercial lives included. And in this analysis, we'd had DOAC versus VKA. You see the different DOACs there with the exception of adoxaban because we didn't have a high enough N to include them and DOAC versus DOAC with looking at the primary effectiveness outcome of stroke systemic embolism and safety outcome of major bleeding in the analysis. And what Aristophanes taught us when we focused on the bleeding aspects, and we had 12 papers come out of this data set, so expansive, that when we looked at patients who had atrial fibrillation and prior bleeding, and this is not just major GI bleeding, major bleeding, it was all bleeding. That if you looked at a pixaban in comparison with warfarin, actually, it was the only agent that had actually a reduction and it was associated with reduction in stroke and major bleeding, in particular GI bleeding. And here you see rivaroxaban versus warfarin and uh, not associated with a reduction in GI bleeding, in fact, an increase. In Aristophanes, we also went further beyond NOAX versus VKA and looked at NOAX versus NOAX. And these were in patients with atrial fibrillation 
and all in prior bleeding. So not just GI bleeding, not just intracranial bleeding, but all all bleeding. And when we looked at the NOAC, NOAC comparison, you see that a pixaban uh, was associated with uh, lower major bleeding and in particular GI bleeding in comparison to both the bigotran and rivaroxaban. Further, the bigotran was associated with less major bleeding and GI bleeding in comparison to rivaroxaban. And then you see to the far right the hazard ratios reflecting the point estimates. We published this in TAG, um, Therapeutic Advances in Gastroenterology, in 2021. And people who are, had experienced a major versus non-major bleed, GI bleed while on an OAC had that impact, stroke systemic embolism, and major bleeding. And here you'll, you'll note that GI bleeding significantly increased the risk of stroke systemic embolism, and subsequent major bleeding with a pretty notable hazard ratio of 4.95 compared with the risk uh, without major bleeding. This was also shown in other independent analyses because in real-world evidence, you want to see is it being replicated, and that was shown here as well over nearly a decade of 2,991 patients, whereby warfarin resumption was associated with an increase of recurring GI bleed compared to no anticoagulant resumption, no association between a NOAC resumption of recurrent bleeding with the exception of uh, rivaroxaban there. So in summary, clinical practice, Aristophanes subgroups from the real-world evidence, this is claims databases, like those patients who receive with GI bleeding are like Our Lady, and in other recent publications, they're certainly poised to improve the management of our NVAC patients. And I appreciate you taking some time and joining me today. You've been listening to CME on ReachMD. This activity is jointly provided by Global Learning Collaborative, GLC, and Total CME LLC, and is part of our Minute CE curriculum. To receive your free CME credit or to download this activity, go to reachmd.com slash CME. Thank you for listening.